Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. Of course, today, maybe we should change the music. Yeah, we should change the music a little bit. As you know, Donald Trump is visiting Ireland today, and all of you know that at this stage, of course. A little bit later on today, he'll kick, uh, probably touch down about 3 o'clock or so, and he'll receive a mixed welcome when he arrives in Ireland today for a brief visit in between the D-Day commemorations in Britain and France. And Trump has spent the last three days in England where he attended a state banquet with the royal family at Buckingham Palace, a dinner at the US Ambassador's residence, and talks with the Prime Minister, Theresa May. Earlier, he joined other world leaders in Portsmouth for an official D-Day event, a commemoration of 75 years since D-Day landings and his itinerary for the Irish visit which is a private visit will not involve the pomp and ceremony and circumstances of the official state visit to England but the US President will touch down in Shannon Airport in the late afternoon or early evening depending on his timing but it's not clear whether he will be treated to a musical welcome on the runway like he was the last time Do you remember that the harps and the Irish dancing in 2014 during his time in London President Trump caused a bit of stir uh, with his comments about uh, the Mayor Sadiq Khan when he called him a stone cold loser. Following criticism by Khan, he doubled down on his remarks uh, when questioned by reporters about it yesterday, describing him as a negative force. He described uh, uh, Corbyn as a negative force as well. And he said, I think he's been very good, a very good, not a very good mayor from what I understand. He's done a poor job. Crime is up. A lot of problems. And I don't think he would be criticizing a representative of the United States that can do so much good for the United Kingdom. During the press conference, he took aim at the Labour Party leader, Jeremy Corbyn, and he also accused him of being a negative force, as I said. And Trump said he wanted to meet today or tomorrow and decided uh, that I would not do that. In other words, he didn't want to meet Jeremy Corbyn at all. He says, I really don't like critics. Now, the man has more or less said he doesn't care about protests. They don't bother him. It doesn't really bother him that much, but I don't kind of believe that. I do believe he's a huge ego. So I do believe these uh, protests do bother him. That there will be protests in Ireland today. Many protests have been planned ahead of the presidential visit uh, today and tomorrow. And uh, there is a protest planned at 3 o'clock in Shannon Airport and tomorrow in Dublin, plus some protests in Galway and Belfast. And I'm going to speak to some of the relevant people involved in those protests, including the former Minister, our Labour Minister Jan O'Sullivan and Solidarity TD Richard Boyd Barrett. We also have a reporter Robbie Kane, who's in Dunbeg today. We'll be speaking to him very shortly. He's going to be talking to some of the locals in the area and getting their reaction to the Trump visit. But I want to know from you what you think. What do you think? Do you support Donald Trump's visit to Ireland? Although not a state visit, a lot of people have been on Twitter wondering why uh, Michael Lee Higgins is not meeting him. Well, Michael Lee Higgins has made his opinions very clear in relation to Donald Trump. And uh, he said he was regressive and pernicious. And uh, that was, of course, in relation to his record on climate change. But first of all, uh, I want to get your opinions. You can text us or WhatsApp us at 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008, WhatsApp or text. And I want to know what you think of Donald Trump's visit. I do want to go to the former Labour Minister, Jan O'Sullivan, who's attending the peace camp at Shannon Airport later on today. Jan, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Niall. Uh, Jan, I mean, the, the purpose of your visit to the protest or why you support the protest and not support Donald Trump, I suppose, would be for what reason? Well, it is to convey as clearly as I can, along with a lot of other people, our view that uh, that basically uh, an awful lot of the language that Trump has used uh, uh, has been racist, um, has been xenophobic, has, uh, if you like, given uh, permission to people to use phrases like stone cold loser, which, as, as you've already said in your intro, he said about the mayor of London, just as he was landing in the mayor of London city, he decided that he was going to call him a stone cold loser. Now, um, uh, things he said in relation to foreign policy, policy in relation to climate change uh, in particular, um, all of which I think uh, are, are 
literally dangerous in, in the world in which we live coming from uh, somebody in such a powerful position. I, I know Trump. people in powerful positions have a great influence on a society and that's been proven in the past. I mean, if government policies suggest certain things or if a government minister, be it a prime minister, president or whatever it happens to be, or a queen for that matter, says something, people almost feel that is a kind of faux pas to say it or to feel the same way. But in saying that, we know he's not a conventional president. We know he tends to shoot from the hip. We know he's obviously in charge of his own Twitter account and doesn't care what he says and how he says it. But when you look at the facts from a presidential point of view, the American people seem happy with him. He, The people who voted for him based on the policies, whether we believe those policies, for example, are Islamophobic or, as you mentioned, some people believe they're racist. You know, the American people voted for that and that's what they're getting. And and he hasn't really gone back on, any of it, on what he said initially when he got elected in the first place. Well, I mean, uh, the people who voted for him uh, obviously voted for him knowing the kind of person he was, I suppose. At least some of them did anyway. But I well, isn't that uh, democracy, Jack? Well, it, it, is, it is democracy to the extent that the office of the President of the United States absolutely has to be respected. And I have no problem with the Star-Spangled Banner that you just played there in your intro. Absolutely no problem with him being given respect because of the office. But at the same time, he is using that office to say things that are literally changing the way in which people feel now they can speak about other people, which essentially is dangerous, in my opinion, because if you describe, you know, a whole group of people, whether they're Muslims or whether they're Mexicans or whoever they are, if you describe them in a way that suggests that, uh, you know, they're not uh, as equal human beings as the rest of us, well, then you are, if you like, giving people permission to treat people differently. And and that's fundamentally um, something that does cause damage, that does cause people then to be treated um, in, in an inferior, in a negative way. Uh, and it does do damage. And I think we need to spell that out clearly. He's also doing serious damage in relation to climate change. He pulls well, he, America well, he, out well, his of suggest, the yeah, but Paris Accord, is, for example. Yeah, but his suggesting is that he would happily go in, back into Paris Accord if they get a better deal. He believes the deal that America has given under the Paris Accord is unfair to Americans. And he believes that, you know, as long as they can get a better deal, I, I mean, I'll quote him here, he said he believes the Paris Agreement punishes the United States and it's more about other countries getting a financial advantage over the United States and he would be willing to go back into it when it's rewritten and fair. Well, I don't think anybody, you know, is, is going to be without pain in relation to dealing with the crisis that, that is facing the, cli- the, the climate and, and the, the planet. Uh, and, I mean, we all have to take pain in that. I'm sure every, every country would like everybody else to do the work, but the reality is that we all have to do it. And, you know, we're getting leadership now from, from teenagers, uh, which is, is causing huge, huge recognition of this as a problem. And many of the poorest countries in the world that don't produce anything like the, the, the damaging... Um, emissions and so on that, that caused the problem. They're the ones who are suffering. I mean, I, I do understand America, China and places like that are the biggest polluters, absolutely. And they, ha- and they have to pay or they have to somehow stop polluting the planet. But I mean, he's suggesting he's quite happy. He said he cares about the environment. I don't, I mean, people call him a climate change denier. He may have his own opinions, but at the end of the day, he's answerable to other people within the administration. So he says he, he does care about the environment, but he will go back and he will go back to, to the deal provided he believes they get a good financial deal. He said other countries have a and I can see but if you look at the, the, the climate accord the Paris agreement they do have a disadvantage in relation to that America being obviously the biggest polluters because they're a big country
Well, look, I mean, if you're causing the, the biggest amount of pollution, you're obviously going to have to take a bit more of the pain than countries that are causing very little pollution. That's how these kinds of agreements work. And they're very, they were very, it was very carefully um, worked out and structured from the beginning with everybody having their say. Uh, and ultimately, it, it was it was agreed on the basis that, that there is, a, you know, there's a crisis facing our planet. It's literally facing uh, extinction if we don't do something about it. So we have to take our responsibilities in that regard. And he's gone an awful lot more than, I mean, he has he, maybe he says he cares about the environment, but so many of his statements have indicated that uh, he's very sceptical about, uh, about the scientific evidence. I mean, it would be fair to say, John, there is, no, there is no perfect leader in the world. Every leader, there are probably things about them that we don't particularly like in the way they run their countries. I mean, when we look at America at the moment from a financial point of view, unemployment is down at record low. I mean, they're doing well. Their economy is going well. The average American has more money in their pocket every week. And this is all comes from the Department of Labour. These are not figures made up by Fox News or something like that. So these I mean, these are all genuine figures. I mean, as a president goes, from a financial point of view, he's doing well. Yes, we may not agree with some of his policies. We may not agree with his unconventional style of mouthpiecing, I suppose you could probably call it. But in saying that, you know, we have a president here in Ireland who referred to Donald Trump this morning before he even lands in the country and, you know, and sets the record by basically saying he's aggressive and pernicious. I mean, we have a great relationship in America. We have Irish people all over America. We built America, for God's sake. We have a great agreement. We have a, a cosy deal when it comes to Irish people visiting America, that we have immigration here. We have trade deals with America. Is it acceptable that the president of Ireland gets involved and gets involved in name-calling, essentially? This is the same president who signed a book of condolences for Fidel Castro. I thought the President of Ireland was very careful in the language he used and that's, that's an exact contradiction uh, when it comes to Trump. It's the exact opposite of the way in which Trump uses language. The President of Ireland was very, very careful to criticise certain elements of what the President of the United States has said. And it, it's not just about whether his economy is doing well. I mean, you could argue that a lot of that was due to Obama's work before him anyway, but that's beside the point. Um, the, the, the issue is the... the but Obama was responsible for the lowest employment rate uh, in 40 years. Well, you could argue that there are cyclical things that happen and that a lot of the work done by Obama and uh, that Trump, Trump is, is, has the fruits of that. But look, I, I'm not making an economic argument. I'm making an argument that the kind of language, the kind of words, the kind of things that Trump has said about climate, about other people, uh, whether that be a particular religion or a particular race or a particular group of people, is dangerous language. It is language that gives other people permission to uh, to hold views that we do we, not we, consider we welcome, to be acceptable. But we welcome the presidents of China to this country. Surely their attitude is probably a lot more aggressive than Donald Trump's, and we've welcomed them and rolled out red carpets for them. Well, look, I mean, I, I'm not denying that we should welcome the office of the President of the United States as we've welcomed the office of the leaders of China. But we can be critical, and we have been critical of China as well. Um, you know, you, 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 I, I, I absolutely believe that people should peacefully protest when they mm. feel that a, a, a powerful leader um, is representing something that is, is dangerous in the world. And that's the way I feel about President Trump. I think a lot of other people in Ireland feel that way as well. And, and I hope he does hear our protests. OK, and finally, Jan, in relation to Shannon Airport, what is the answer to Shannon Airport? It's not just President Trump's issue. This issue has been ongoing for many, many years with different presidents. There's always been a protest at Shannon every time an American president comes to Ireland because of the refuelling at Shannon Airport. What is the answer to that? I think the answer is for a proper aviation policy that will allow Shannon Airport to develop and to take up some of the, the overcapacity or the, or the over amount of traffic in Dublin Airport. We've never had any serious attempt to, to make Shannon Airport um, a fully functioning, using all 
all of its its uh, considerable um, runway space, etc. We really do. But need should to American should American military country. planes be allowed to refuel it to um, an airport? I, I certainly, when they were going to war. Now you could argue that they're not going to war at the moment; they're just refueling. But certainly, they need to be absolutely monitored to make sure that they're not actually carrying any war weapons. That they're and I. I would have protested when they were actually going to to uh, to the Iraq war in the past. Um, whether they should just be allowed to refuel is is a different question, I think. But um, I, absolutely, the right to protest um, is something that I very strongly support and and very strongly believe in. Okay, listen, thank you very much indeed, John O'Sullivan, former thank Labour you. Minister, and down at the Peace Camp in Shannon Airport. If you want to pop down there for protest, I'm going to go to Robbie, a reporter, and I am going to come to uh, John Molyneux in a few minutes as well. Uh, Robbie is live in Dunbeg Village. Robbie. Yes, indeed, Noel, we're here in Doombeg Village, County Clare, ahead of the arrival of the 45th current controversial President of the United States, Donald Trump. As we speak, he's wrapping up a three-day state visit to Britain, and is with the Queen and members of the royal family and politicians at South Sea Common Portsmouth, commemorating the 75th anniversary of DJ. He will land, though, as you stated, with the First Lady Melania at Shannon Airport sometime after four o'clock today. She almost looks like a hostage, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> very quiet hostage. She's uh, a very course, quiet lady, isn't she? <laughs> He's going to hold a bilateral meeting with the Taoiseach Lee Baratkar and then he will reside in his golf resort in Doomberg in preparation to fly out to Normandy, France tomorrow, Thursday morning uh, for more D-Day commemorations and back to Ireland again for a final overnight stay in his golf resort before departing to the States then on Friday. A very busy schedule, uh, Niall. I know some of the locals are excited and they, they think he might pop into the village for a pint of well, beer, but I can't imagine that happening. I must say, when I came down here this morning, I was on the roads at 7 o'clock. The Garda Shea Connor were very hospitable toward me. When I mentioned I was reporting for your show, they were absolutely overjoyed. So the amount of classic hits, pens and stickers <laughs> I gave to the Garda Shea Connor this morning was, uh, was unreal. Um, I, there's so many Garda down here. Now, looking at the village of, of Doomberg, it, it looks like a set of fair city. It looks bigger on the television than it does when you actually get here. And there's more members of the Garda and medians than there is locals walking the street. But uh, there is rumour he will come down here to one of the, the three or four little kind of uh, watering holes for a pint of the black stuff later on. That's why there's so many Gardaí around the area. Do you really believe he's going to do that? Because I don't believe he's that kind of guy. Well, firstly, he doesn't drink, does he? He doesn't drink at all. He might all. have a sip of Guinness, but I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think he's... I know he's going to go for a round of golf. He said he is going to have a round of golf. But I, I don't believe he's going to head down to the village. I don't know. Maybe the locals believe he is going to head down. Unless the First Lady wants a glass of Guinness. I know Barack Obama done it. In, where did he go? Money? Money? Money, money, money Gall. That's the one. Yeah. He had a little drink down there, and of course the media were all over it. But I mean, the media and the Guardian knew he was coming from, a, from an earlier stage that particular day. I just don't understand why there's so many Guardian here today. So rumour has... Well, he is the president of America, Robbie. I mean, yeah. and, and there, is, there is a security threat, obviously, because there are people out there who don't like him for whatever reason. And, of course, the Irish Navy uh, has uh, a ship on the coast of uh, the golf course as well, looking over and residing things, too. And, as you mentioned, activist groups, including the anti-war protesters, are planning to demonstrate against the trip here. And, and how close can... If I was a protester and an active protester, yeah. how close to where Dunbeg... I mean, how close can I get to where President uh, Trump is going to land? I mean, where, how far can I... Is he miles away from where the actual cordon is? Well, there's actually a massive cordon around the airport. The... the, the, the protest is, is a kind of set up around by the entrance of the airport. So I say it would be good about 10 kilometres before you even get assessed. I was asked for so my So you won't even get in. to see his head? Absolutely not. You may see the plane landing in and of course what happens then when he lands into the airport you have, you know, the Marine One, the helicopters and they, they actually... Uh, 
transport them from the airport to the hotel and to the golf resort as well. So it's going to be all kicking off sometime after half four when he actually does arrive here in Doonberg in County Clare. But you're going to have a chat a little bit later on with some of the locals and we'll talk to some of the locals on the air and how they feel about Donald Trump arriving in their town. Absolutely. We're going to ask the people down here, is he welcome in the town? A lot of locals are kind of quite... Well, know, a lot of them are employed by him, aren't they? So, I mean. Absolutely. <laughs> and the world, the world media is going to be you know, commencing down here. Like The media is all down here as I speak already. And across America, it's a massive audience for Donald Trump. And he loves the Irish folks over in America. I it's great for Irish tourism, isn't it? Year. It's great yeah, for tourism. Absolutely. He's, he's going to combine the forces, really. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's, as you said, you know what you're doing when you go on the GMTV. You know exactly what you're saying. He's, he's doing exactly the same thing here as well. So, yeah, All right. We'll, we'll come back to you, Robbie, in about 20 minutes. All right. And uh, we, we'll get to talk to a few people. Let me just go, if I can, uh, to John Molyneux, who's the secretary of the Irish anti-war movement. Good afternoon to you, John. Uh, hi, Niall. How are you doing? Uh, John, it's all a bit of pomp and ceremony at the moment in the UK. He's not going to get quite the same pomp and ceremony here in Ireland. It's not an official state visit. Uh, but no, yes, you're, you're out there state. protesting anyway. And what's the main reason for the, the protest? Well, the reasons for the protest are many. But uh, to put it as quickly as possible, he's a racist, he's a sexist, he's kind It's easy to show those words out, John, isn't it? And he is threatening the destruction of the planet and threatening the whole future of humanity. Jeez, I think you're, so giving, them, I think you're giving him way too much credit country. there, by the way. But how and ever. Uh, in which respect am I giving him too much credit? I mean, I mean, he's planning the destruction of the planet. Not planning. He is assisting the destruction Destruct- of the planet. Assisting at the, so, in what respect? Yeah, in, in, what? In, a very, in a very simple respect. Climate change threatens all of us. Absolutely. Right? And the American president and, is not the only and, person that's, that's affecting it, by the way. Not of course. No, of course. no. But in... We have to change, and Trump is blocking and obstructing change in the biggest economy in the world, and that threatens the whole future well, of Well, as I said to John O'Sullivan already, he did pull out of the Paris Agreement, we know that. But the reason he pulled out of the Paris Agreement, because he believes that the agreement wasn't fair in a country like America, um, financially, that it put them at a huge financial disadvantage over other countries. But he's willing to go back into it if it's rewritten and if it's fair. It's not just, first of all, this is obviously, I, I think that's obviously nonsense. That that's he said that himself. America. Yeah, he said it, but I don't agree with that. Well, why, why uh, would he uh, say it? Right why would he say it if it wasn't true? Let me finish the sentence. Let me finish the sentence, please, Niall. And it is not just that he's pulling out of the Paris Accords. What is needed to deal with climate change is we need concerted, positive action by government. Uh, across the world, including our own government. But be honest, be is honest, not, John. He is not. Okay, but be honest, that. John. If we were to I really do honest. some, if we were to really do something about it, and we were to really be honest with ourselves in relation to climate change and what we believe needs to be done, we need to take all the planes out of the sky and stop driving cars. Uh, now, when you say be, but honest, you, I'm, I'm, that's if we're being uh, honest, isn't it? Right. I mean, so we're well, all hypocrites, aren't if, we? If, if that is what needs to be done to save the future of humanity, then that has to be done. That was a ridiculous the fundamental, job. The fundamental problem, right? I just don't think... I, I don't want to get in an argument with you, now about climate change. No, I'm, ju- I'm just saying... I, I, what I annoys me is... I don't think you understand how serious the threat is. But, but don't patronise me. I do understand. Done, I understand, I understand the done, threat to the planet. What needs to be done is we need to shift from an economy that depends on fossil fuels to one that is powered by renewables. That is what needs to be done. And a whole series of things need to be done to do that. And Trump blocks them all. He's also a racist. 
But now, okay, let, okay, well, let's let's let's, let's focus on the words you're throwing out. And it's also a war. Okay, let's focus on the other words. We, we've dealt with climate change for a moment, right? Let's focus okay. on the other words. You're throwing out words like warmonger, racist. You know, yeah. many American presidents have been responsible for warmongering, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, more civilians died, you know, during the Obama administration. Uh, thankfully, now that hopefully true. the war with ISIS is finished and less people will die, hopefully in the future. It's absolutely true that other American presidents have been responsible for warmongering. You don't mention George Bush, but George Bush. Well, I, well, I. Could go back further um, if you want me to. Yeah, you could, you could. But the point, is, the point is, we would have protested George Bush when he came, uh, uh, and uh, I, uh, I protested George Bush in the past. The point is that it is Trump who is here now. So, I mean, the fact that other American presidents representing American imperialist policies and so on have done these things doesn't let Trump off the, uh, off the hook. No, but from American point of view, I mean, first of all, do you respect the office of the American president? Not, I'm not talking about the person. Do you respect the office? Yes. I don't think that Trump represents the American people. Well, well, they, they, would, they would disagree with you, John, because the majority well, of American people have more money in their pocket. They have a job. But first of, first of all, he was not elected by the uh, majority of the American people. But he was, he was, but he was elected in a, demo- in a democratic... 20, Process. percent, less it's, than twenty-five. But that is their democratic process, and we must respect that. I don't think that's very uh, democratic. Well, well, it is the democratic process. There wasn't much, well, in fairness, there wasn't much in it anyway. That's but, your view. That's yeah, your but, but, view. It's not my view. Well, it's not my view. That is the democratic process in the United States. That's the way well, it works. How democratic it is is your view. Well, I mean, right. I don't the believe the I don't believe the English system is democratic either. By second, the way, you know what I mean. What's the English system got to do? Well, well I'm just saying Nothing. to you, different countries have different democratic yeah. processes, and, that, and we have to respect the democratic... He was voted in a democratic process to be the United States, President of the United States of America. He voted himself, or he, should I say, he promised the people a list of policies. Those policies haven't changed, and in fairness, he has gone, he, and he has actually did what he said he would do in relation to a lot of them, with the exception of the wall so far. Well, now, you can use your position to advocate for Trump if you want. I'm not advocating. I'm, I'm only asking you to tell me... Well, you're saying that... These things that you think are good about Trump are uh, facts. I disagree with this. I don't think he operates even in the interests of the majority of the American people. I think America is full of the most terrible oppression and poverty for a whole section of the population that often just despair and don't vote. But that's my view. Okay, the according, according is, to a recent is, Gallup poll, 47% of is, Americans say they agree with Trump on the issues that matter most to them, a significant increase on the 39% who said they said the same thing two yeah, years ago. The other, the so other he's point, more popular than, the than, than President Obama, according to a Gallup point. poll. Well, what do you say not, to that? I am, not advoca- I am not advocating for Obama at all. That is irrelevant to, uh, to this. Uh, what I'm saying is that Trump, by his policies, is endangering the whole of humanity. It's all our business, right? He's also threatening wars with countries like uh, uh, Iran, which would be an utter catastrophe, uh, right? He's ramping up tensions with China, uh, which would be an unbelievable uh, disaster for the world. Uh, and he, we also have to have some principles here. He has implemented racist policies towards Mexicans, towards Muslims. He has separated children uh, from their parents. At the and American other presidents have done the same border. thing. Now, the fact that other presidents have done the same thing is but I, but I didn't. Yeah, but, but I'm not. I'm not saying it's an excuse. But I didn't hear the same rhetoric. For example, when Obama was doing exactly the same thing, thing as, as as Trump when it came to the Mexican border. 
I just said I am not advocating for Obama here. But I mean, are you suggesting, before, just before we go into the break, and I want to hang on to you, Richard, are you suggesting that a country shouldn't have borders? Trump is coming to this no, 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 I want, I want right. you to answer that question before I go into the break. Are you suggesting that a country, a country shouldn't have borders? Well, you made, and then I will answer that. Trump is coming to this country to serve his own propaganda interests. We want to send a message to the people of Ireland, to the people of America, and to the people of the world that he is not welcome here. Right. Okay, okay, well, do, do me a favor, stay with me if you can. Uh, I want you to stay with me, John, and I know you're happy to do that. Uh, John and the anti war movement. Uh, she says, Well, a load of claptrap. President Trump has done more for the minorities in the past two and a half years than Obama's done in the last eight. Unemployment is at an all time low, while African American employment is at an all time high. Uh, keep texting. Uh, the number is 087188 You can WhatsApp us as well. Richard Boyd Barrett uh, from Solidarity People Before Profit TD is with us as well. Uh, Richard, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, uh, Richard, in relation to Trump's visit, I, I, I spoke to Jan O'Sullivan. I was speaking to John Molyneux there a few minutes ago. A lot of people objecting to his visit to Ireland and protesting his visit to Ireland. Uh, what's your main beef with Donald Trump? I, I think Donald Trump is taking the world in a very, very dangerous direction at just about every level you can imagine. Uh, I mean, most obviously, there is a huge climate crisis, and he's trying to single-handedly sabotage efforts to deal with that crisis, but he's also ramping up the U.S. war machine, both to back really brutal regimes like the Saudi regime, uh, who are causing mayhem in Yemen. He's backing Israel in its further theft of Palestinian land. He's encouraging globally divisions among people and encouraging the growth of the far right which uh, will lead us in the direction of war and conflict and that is not what we need when we look at all the big problems that people actually face in the world. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm, no, I'm not denying the fact that the Americans for many years have been involved in war. Obama himself, from the Crescent of Syria to the plains of Libya to the former Yazidi homelands of Iraq. I mean, he was responsible for, the, he has a legacy of death, misery and destruction as well. I mean, I didn't see the, the same negativity. There was protest, there's no doubt there was protest. But I didn't see the same negativity. Trump seems to be a magnet uh, for this extreme form of, of negativity and protest. Yeah, well, I, I did protest against Obama for precisely the reasons that you said. And indeed, part of the reason that Trump has risen to power is because Obama disappointed people in the United States. And people also were justifiably <clears throat> very skeptical about Hillary Clinton because she was just an establishment politician in a generally discredited political establishment in the United States. But the problem is Trump pretends to be anti-establishment when he, in fact, is really the naked face of the worst aspects of the establishment. I mean, you just think about even the housing crisis in this country. Donald Trump is a billionaire property speculator. Some of his closest political advisors are involved in vulture funds who've been plundering the Irish property market, uh, most notably uh, Cerebus. Uh, one of the key economic advisors to Donald Trump is linked to Cerebus, uh, one of the vulture funds that you know has uh, contributed very significantly, in my opinion, to the housing and homelessness crisis in this country, and is driving up rents 
and so on. So Trump is just... I mean, I, no, I, I understand from a socialist point of view, Richard, and I, and I understand you, you, you're a supporter of socialism. And, and, you know, I mean, he has imposed economic sanctions on Venezuela's socialist dictatorship and revised <clears throat> Obama's deals with Cuba, etc., etc. I know he's recognised Jerusalem as Israel's capital. But then again, people would say that repaired the damage that Obama did to the US, you know, and the Israel re- relationship as well. But I mean, unless... Not everybody supports this kind of socialism, you know, the socialist narrative. He doesn't. American people have more money in their pocket. You know, minorities, as I mentioned, somebody mentioned in a text there a few minutes ago, are happier because they have a job. Uh, you know, generally speaking, what he promised the people who voted for him, and I understand he didn't get as many votes as Hillary Clinton, but that's the democratic process and we must respect that in the United States. But I mean, he's, he's given them everything he's promised them. That's well, democracy, isn't it? Yeah, of course, people are entitled to vote for who they want. But equally, if some of us, and I think there are many in the world, are very, very fearful of what Trump represents. And I want to make it absolutely clear, I'm not in any way a cheerleader for the Democrats in the US who did let people down very badly. Uh, but I'm not so certain that Trump has... Is, first of all, I don't think Trump is particularly responsible for the economic upturn. There's a bit of a global economic... I give him some credit, Richard. Well, I mean, I'm not sure what you... I mean, 400,000 manufacturing jobs, you know, I mean, in his first 12 months, I mean, you can't deny, you know, that workers have more money in their pocket. I was working in Florida last year on a radio station doing a talk show like this. It was a kind of an exchange thing, right? And I, I was kind of cautious about the whole Trump topic because I didn't know how they, if they liked him or if they didn't. And when I was talking to people on the air, the one thing that I noticed was they were happier about the president. They had, they had the bottom line for people and citizens of a country. And you can talk about climate change. You can talk about wars in Saudi Arabia. You can talk about all those things. But the bottom line for them is, have I got a good job? Do I have enough to pay my mortgage? Can I pay my taxes? And have I got more money in my pocket? And most of them did. Uh, I certainly agree that those economic issues are huge for people, right? But I don't believe for a minute that a man who is looking to slash taxes on corporations and is a property speculator, primarily interested in his own financial gain, uh, is ultimately going to solve the problems of massive homelessness in the United States, of huge levels of inequality and deprivation. And we shall see. I mean, I think in America opinion is bitterly divided mm. uh, I think and we don't know how the election is going, going to go over there but it's bitterly divided and the problem is do you think do you think he'd be re-elected tomorrow if there was a if I, there was an election tomorrow I, I think he will be honest I don't know I, I just don't have a feel for what's going on on the ground in the United States but what I'm absolutely certain of he's divisive he divides people he sets people against one another and in my view if we're going to solve a lot of the huge problems of inequality, of poverty, uh, of homelessness, uh, and the bigger uh, global issues of climate change uh, and so on. And it, his agenda is it will divide people rather than unite them in efforts to solve those problems. And of course, massive money that's spent on weapons, on arms, but don't we on walk, well, don't, but, but aren't we walking a dangerous tightrope in respect to the fact that we have a great relationship with America, always had? Uh, and we enjoy that relationship and it is important to us. And we have to be very careful as well not to damage that relationship because I, it is, it is vital to us. Niall, first of all, I think you'll find that a lot of the companies that invest in this country, even their CEOs, and I'd be no fan of some of these multinationals because of their tax avoidance, uh, strategies. But a lot of even the CEOs of those companies don't like Trump. So I don't think there's any likelihood, while those companies are making a lot of profit in Ireland, that they're going to fly out of here because we protest against Donald Trump. 
But my point is, if you just think about the amount of money that Trump is spending on arms and weapons and arming dictatorships, imagine that money was put into uh, dealing with poverty, dealing with homelessness, yeah, put you, into you, health services. But that's a, wonder, service. that's a wonderful fantasy, Richard, because realistically, the American military, who are the biggest, one of the biggest employers of the world, you know, they're there for a reason. They're there to protect their borders. They're there to protect their state. They're going to have to have weapons. They're going, so th- this fantasy idea that we shouldn't, we should stop spending that much money on arms. Yes, as a country, a neutral country, we don't have to spend that kind of money on arms. Well, I'd, army. Pre- Niall, I'd prefer my fantasy to the nightmare of what happened in the 30s and 40s in Europe when the sort of politics that Trump uh, is promoting of extreme forms of nationalism, encouraging the growth of the far right. And there's no, there can be no doubt that the fascist far right in Europe have taken great confidence from uh, Donald Trump's rise to power. They openly praise the guy. I mean, you think where... But there's also a far left as well, Richard, which I would would consider you to be obviously on the left, but there's a a far left extremist out there, you know, who believes that we shouldn't have borders on countries, who believe that, you know, we don't have a right to protect our borders. So you have to balance it somewhere in the middle. And that's the problem. We're not seeing the middle. First of all, the the far left aren't challenging for power in any major state at the moment. So let's, that's, I mean, whatever else you can say about the far left, uh, they're not in a position largely to influence these things. But, uh, I mean, to say that we shouldn't be very, very worried about a return to the sort of politics that led to the Second World War, to the rise of fascism in the 40s. Well, I think the EU has helped that, has stopped that from happening. But mind you, if the EU falls apart in the next seven or eight years, we could return to that anyway. Well, but, but the point is, Trump is is openly and brazenly encouraging the politics of hate, of division, of war, of extreme forms of nationalism. And that's where they lead. Uh, and I think we have to challenge it. And obviously on the issue of climate change, I mean, that is a global existential threat. As I mentioned to everybody, I, I, <clears throat> you know, I'm not saying that people have them wrong, and I understand what you're saying, and I don't believe America should have pulled out of the deal, but certainly he, what he's saying is he believed the deal was financially unfair and a disadvantage to American companies, and he said when the deal is a better deal, he'll happily go back into it again. But that, that's the point, and you see, that re- reveals the truth about Trump. Trump is a puppet for big corporations. That's what he's about. He's about continuing to enrich uh, large multinational corporations who are willing to wreck the global environment for profit, regardless of the consequences for our children and grandchildren. Uh, And I believe that that is a very, very dangerous agenda. If we're going to solve things like climate change, if we're going to solve the big social and economic problems and inequalities, the last thing you want is somebody like Trump who's only about enriching the, the richest 1%, the global elites of multinational corporations and arms dealers, these do not offer us uh, a bright future. It okay, offers but just, potentially a I have to go to break, and I know you have to go as well, Richard. Before I go, just one text here. Somebody says, if Obama had, a, and this is directed at you, if Obama had accomplished a fraction of Trump's achievements, we'd have been, he would have been awarded perpetual Nobel Peace Prizes. P.S. Socialism has more blood on its hands than any other political ideology in history of mankind. Do you want to respond to that very quickly? Well, I mean, first of all, I don't know if that's true, but if if people are talking about sort of Stalinist dictatorships that use the name socialism, I agree they were horrific, but my particular brand of socialism always opposed those regimes. So uh, what I believe in, whether you call it socialism or whatever, is internationalism, solidarity, and trying to deal with the inequalities and the injustices 
that that exist all over the world, right? Dealing with things like the housing crisis, dealing with the issues of precarious low-paid work, dealing with the problems in our health service, right? And I don't think the politics of Trump are about dealing with those things. Trump no, well, but, well, well I, I know we're, we're stuck with time, Richard, but I think there's a lot of people would argue with you, know, particularly a lot of Americans, you know, and if you look at the Gallup polls recently, uh, that he has dealt with all those things, particularly as well for minorities who now have more jobs. Richard, I have to finish it up and I have to wrap it up, but thank you, Adrian, I appreciate you coming on the air today, all right? Nope. And I have John Molyneux there. I will come back to you, by the way, John, who's the Secretary of the Irish Anti-War Movement. Let me go back to Robbie, a reporter, by the way. Loads of people texting in as well, and uh, do you uh, believe in borders? If so, do you think Donald Trump should be checked at the border? He's only, he's only here on a holiday, not a state visit. Don't be so silly. Uh, Robbie, you're on Classic yes, Kids. Indeed, Go ahead. Niall, yes, well, Of Thank course you you're so on Classic Kids. You work for us, for God's sake. I do indeed, sir, <laughs> yes. I'm down here in Doombeg, of course, in County Clare, getting the locals' reaction of Donald Trump's visit here sometime after half past four. And I have to say, I've got more reaction than I'm with Classic Kids today. Nearly every person I spoke to listens to the station, which is fantastic to hear. But I'm here in Whelan's Food Store Deli in Doombeg with Audrey. And, Audrey, you're a fan of Donald Trump. Why? Tell me. I am certainly a fan of Donald Trump's. Um, for a start, he owns the local hotel in Dunbeg, Trump International. Um, he's employed over 300 people, which is great for Dunbeg and West Clare. I mean, without him, Dunbeg would be a very quiet place with no employment. Um, there's five pubs here. There's mm-hmm. three shops, and they're all up and running. Nothing has been closed down, thank God. So he's good for the the local economy, is what oh, you're he? Oh, he is, yeah. yeah. And and what do, what do you think of people, you know, who have issues with things that he says? I don't know whether you follow him, Audrey, on Twitter or if you follow him on Facebook. I or, actually don't. Right, okay. Well, you know, he does kind of shoot from the hip, so to speak. Um, some of the comments that have been made that, you know, he's a racist, he's a misogynist, you know, he's he says things that maybe, you know, we probably shouldn't say, you know, the way he treats, say, you know, Mexicans, for example. What, what do you think of those comments that people, you know, have problems with. Well, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I personally don't get involved in his political views. Mm-hmm. But isn't that what's important? His political views are what it's all about, really, Audrey, I suppose, you know? Uh, well, it is, I suppose, from an American point of view, but for West Clare, it's all about the employment. Mm-hmm. And what he's done for tourism in the area, I suppose, because a lot of, I mean, look, exactly. his visit yeah, today will be probably live on CNN News in America. So, um, so that'll be good for tourism, won't it? Oh, certainly, yeah. We have a lot of tourists here. In fact, the last few days, like, there's a lot more tourists around because I can imagine so. Donald Trump is arriving in Dubai. Yeah. I imagine the world's media have to, are filling the coffee shops and pubs. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah. <laughs> the media and the the guard of Chicago. <laughs> are you hoping he'll pop down a little bit later on for for a bite to eat, maybe or a pint? Who knows. Yeah, well, you never know. Possible with Donald Trump, I'd say he could possibly come. He possibly could. Listen, Audrey, thanks very much indeed. I'm sure you will. Uh, uh, it seems, uh, Robbie, the atmosphere down there, the, local, the locals seem to really appreciate him, don't they? Well, they absolutely do, Niall. And I have to say, I said to Delina off fair when I was driving into the, the city today and the little county town, um, every nearly second house had an uh, American flag hanging there, but it was like actually driving through America. Nice. There were flags everywhere. So it's, it's kind of, it's a great atmosphere down here for the locals. They really are kind of encouraging each other to kind of, you know, welcome them here today. And um, everyone seems to have smiles on their faces for some reason. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing them come now sometime after half four today. All right, let me go back to you very quickly. We can to John Mullen, who's the Secretary of the Irish... Uh, anti-war movement. John, you can't, you can't deny that the locals in places like Dunbeg, for example, see Donald Trump as some sort of hero because not only has he employed lo- uh, you know, local employment, but also, you know, it's a, a kind of a bit of a hotspot for tourism because of his involvement with it. The, fa- the first thing I would say uh, on, on this uh, is that it's very short-sighted because if 
Donald Trump wasn't making profits and wasn't serving his interests, he didn't give a damn about the people of Doombeg. He'd abandon them just like that. But, he, but he is making profits. Yeah. That, that this argument that never mind the racism, never mind the wars, never mind climate change, it's good for business, will lead us all to disaster. Just think for a moment if you applied that argument to 1930s Germany. You could say that the Nazi regime created jobs, so they did, making preparing the Nazi war machine. Uh, they and they were democratically on, voted for, by the way. Uh, in, in, in a sort of way. I don't want to get into all the yeah. details of history. But you could present all those arguments, and people did, to justify Hitler. But actually, it was a disaster for the German but you're, people. But you're not comparing Hitler to Donald Trump, are you? Well, no, what I'm saying is that the argument that it's good for business justifies everything. And I'll tell you where a parallel is reasonable. And that is if we carry on with saying everything is good, that's good for business, that's the most important thing. This will lead to catastrophe for the world. If we carry on with business as usual, climate change is going to threaten everybody. And I think that so many people say, ah, oh, yes, climate change, but don't get it. But I, but I do get, but listen, see, John, you're missing my point. I do get it. I do it get it. more and more extreme weather in a way that will threaten... Okay, well, but hang on, hang on for a second. I do get it. And I do understand that the world's ch- climate is changing and it changes on a cyclical basis anyway. But in saying, in saying that, the effect that, we, the, the effect that we may have on the future, you know, scientists will argue about it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Now... If we were to do what you believe is the right thing to do and what some scientists believe is the right thing to do, uh, and, you know, basically everybody, we all sort of pull back and go back to the way we used to live, say, you know, 300 years ago, where we didn't use aeroplanes. We didn't, we, we, we've set, but hang on, we have a population now of 8 billion people. We've increased from 2 billion in, in over 100 years. We are now using more fossil fuels. We are now flying in the air an awful lot more, obviously, than we were 100 years ago when the Wright brothers came along with their first planes. We're now driving cars a lot more than Henry Ford ever did. These are all modern inventions. They will change over time. Electric cars are on the way. Obviously, they're becoming more popular now. Maybe in 50 years' time, we'll have electric planes. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, we can't go back. Nobody, not even the climate changers, are willing to go back to the way we lived 100 years ago. And that's what you would have to do. That is not what needs to be done. That is what needs to be done. If you really want to make a change... For a long time there now, let me reply without interrupting me, please. Uh, That is not what we're proposing and not what needs to be done. What needs to be done is that we need to to switch the generation of power from fossil fuels to renewables, to solar power, to wind power, uh, to tidal power. That is perfectly possible. We need to switch from the emphasis on the private car to public transport. And that is perfectly doable. In fact, free public transport would benefit everybody. And we need to... And where is all the money going to come from for, say, free public transport? Right. Where where would that money come from, John? Free public transport would not cost a Six billion. At the moment, we're subsidising, as far as I remember from the last uh, conversation I had in relation to public transport in this country, six billion euro would be the figure. No, no, no. It is for a, free public transport. In the long run, in the long run, it would be a saving to have free public transport, like having free education. You can always. All these arguments come down to saying money, money, money. But, but money, money is money important. Is Somebody has to pay it. Yes, but there will be no money for anybody. Uh, if we go straight into, uh, but you're, you're uh, painting a doomsday um, picture in the immediate right. future, which is not the case. 
the, the doomsday picture is that we have about 12 years to turn this round. That right. that figure that that figure of twelve years, which has been quoted by you know um, the other crowd extinction in the UK as well, has been proved by scientists, by experts in the field, to be a complete and utter nonsense. That twelve-year figure. That figure comes from the uh, collective body of the world's climate scientists, the intergovernmental. What they have, yeah. What they are saying is that we need to make decisions within twelve years as to what we're going to do. That's what I yeah. said. I not said not those changes are not going to happen within twelve years. Twelve years to turn this around. Everything would run on batteries, only charged by wind, wave, and solar panels. What happens on a day in Ireland where? It's dull and you've no wind, no, no battery powers, and you're going to plug your car into that battery, so you're going to have more batteries being charged they, by well, that. Joseph, in, in fairness, I do agree in a sense that going forward, humanity has to look at other ways of powering our homes, powering our cars, powering our flights. I mean, but I believe that will happen naturally anyway. No, but uh, the reality is, right? The simple reality naturally not. Sorry? How does it happen naturally? Well, naturally, before people start going bonkers about climate change, the people were inventing electric cars anyway, because we believed it was a natural progression, because we all know that we will eventually run out of fossil fuels. So, I mean, we are going to naturally move to electric cars. Probably, as I said, in 50 years' time, we'll have electric planes. No, we won't. Not at all. Well, we might. I don't know. Sorry, can I, can I, there's one other point about it. Well, well, one last point, Joseph. I'm really stuck for time, but come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, these guys have declared war on CO2. CO2 is vital for plants to grow. If you don't have CO2, plants are gone, no oxygen, we're all dead. Now, well, now you have to admit, Joseph, there are some rather large carbon footprints in the world. By the way, a lot of them by, by both the meat eaters and the vegans. I'm not going to get into that argument today. But there are very large carbon footprints in the world no, by certain isn't. global companies. Yes, No, the reality is NASA has shown that the Earth is slightly greened again because of the slight increase in CO2. CO2 is one of the lowest gases in the atmosphere. This is insane crackpot science driven by a certain agenda and so fact, you're a climate change denier completely, Joseph. Uh, I am a, a believer in climate change. Climate changes all the time. The main driver of this climate is the sun. The ice caps are melting on Mars. There's no CO2. There's no SUVs on Mars. But you won't hear that. The Romans grew grapes in southern England in the Roman times. We can't, they already started doing that again recently, only with the technology. So climate comes and goes. And this CO2 argument is insanity. They pump. CO2 into greenhouses to make plants grow more. It, they turn that into oxygen. This is insane science. Uh, this 12-year rubbish was already debunked by the airhead who originally came out with it, Alexandria uh, Orcaso-Cortez, who said she was just joking when she was pressed on the issue. And he also goes on to say America is a country full of different race. Who is he attempting to protect from illegal immigration, gangs and narcotics? That's obviously relation to what John said earlier on. Uh, Bill Clinton has a lot more to answer for in relation to sexual molestation. Uh, probably true, actually. Uh, uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 087 uh, We were trying to get on to something else, but so many people want to talk about this. Let me go back to Robbie, a reporter who is in Dunbeg as we speak. Robbie? 
Thank you so much for that, Noel. Yes, I'm here with Paul Markham. And Paul, I have to say, you're the best dressed person today, apart from all the Garda Garda Shia because you're wearing a suit, you have a red from the Garda Shia Well, they're all very smart in the uniforms, but this gentleman is wearing a suit as well, and you have an American hat. I mean, you obviously, first of all, you're live in classic here, so why are you dressed like this today? Because I'm here to join in the atmosphere, to prepare to be welcome for Donald Trump to, to his uh, holiday resort, his hotel. I'm a supporter as well, of course. Well, you stand out a mile, I have to say. That's important, too. <laughs> it is important, isn't it, that you stand yeah. out and everybody sees you. So how yeah. close do you think you're going to get to Mr. Trump? Well, sure, we don't know his schedule, but he may break away from protocol and come down to the village and drive through. So Right, uh, and you'll be ready with flag a-waving. We'll be ready to welcome him. Cade Miller Falta, 100,000 welcomes. That's the Irish. And, w- and what do you say to the Irish people who are not giving him the Cade Miller Falta, including our own president, by the way, who said that Donald Trump is regressive and pernicious? Um, I suppose uh, the minority, there's very few that's not giving him the welcome. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think he is welcome, definitely. Like, he's a great man. He says what's true and he says the fact. And, and you're a supporter. Uh, Yes, and what about our own president? He's going overseas, like, the amount of money spent on, on him, like, you know. Well, the well, there was a lot of that in the paper this morning, how much money was being spent on private jets and BMWs, etc., exactly. etc., et yes. We don't hear anything, like, from the president, only maybe something that goes against the flow, but I think Donald is a great man. He's welcome. The people of Dunbeg, the people of Clare are welcome, and the people of Ireland are welcome. And this is great for, for Ireland. This is unique, like, he's welcome here. To, to West Clare. So, All right, okay. And, he, and, and, he, and he's done wonders for the, the local population, absolutely. And I got, There's over 300 employed up here in, in the family hotel, like the Trump Hotel. And now we want the wall built. That's important too for coastal erosion. Like, why not go ahead with it? These, right, these, look at the going to build a wall in Dunbeg as well. Out, no, outside his hotel, like the coast. All right, the coast. he's fond of building walls, isn't he? He is, yes, he is. <laughs> mm. It would work for somebody anyway, it's employment. That's absolutely. Listen, thank you very much indeed, and I'm delighted to have you on the show, and I hope you get to see him, seems you're so anxious to see him. Pleasure, pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very All much. All right, cheers, thank you very much indeed. Let me go to Rosemary. Rosemary, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Rosemary? Go ahead, Rosemary. Um, I, I love Doonberg. It's a beautiful hotel. I visited there. The West of Ireland is stunning. But I think people need to get a bit of a grip about Donald Trump himself. Mm-hmm. I was watching the routine news last night and they, one woman was saying, you know, Donald Trump is effectively putting my children through university because they're working in the hotel. Um, we need to be cognizant of the fact that Donald Trump hasn't got a clue where Dunbeg is. His investors said that this would be a really great place to invest. He got great tax breaks. And yes, the place is amazing. But if it wasn't for the people on the ground working there and for the fact that it's an amazing golf club and that the West of Ireland is a tourist trap in itself, they'd have closed. Absolutely. And in 2017, in one of his many speeches, he said, you know, I, I built Doombeg, I applied for um, investment or planning permission or something for I'm speaking incorrectly, I know, but I applied for planning permission for it and I got it. Uh, and I built it, and now I don't care about it. I've left it to my somebody else to look after. Yeah, uh, and my colleagues can can look after it. Like he doesn't. No, well, I mean, and I don't, by the way, people have often said that he said in the past, you know, well, I don't really care about it. I I understand why he would say that. That's like the CEO of Apple caring about a little shop in Ireland who happens to sell iPhones. You know, 
it doesn't. Yeah. People are people are kind of bowing down to him as if he's doing them a favour. All he did was make money, mm-hmm. and the people on the ground are the ones who are making money for him. Yeah. And if they weren't making money for him, like his other business, he'd sell it. He'd sell it. It'd be gone. Absolutely. So think, hey, great! He invested years ago, but you know, I, I think. The well, okay, but are you a supporter? Like, I mean, when you listen to when you listen to John um, from the anti-war movement, and you listen to other people who've been on the air who are protesting his visit because of his policies in relation to climate change, particularly John is on about. Uh, I mean, do, do you understand the protests? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I when you were speaking earlier about the fact that there are people in America now who have jobs and money in their pocket, they have jobs and they have money in their pocket because he went back to the coal and oil industry and the big pharma industries, which are his campaign contributors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on one hand, he's saying, sure, dig up the land, get coal, get oil, destroy the environment and dump your effluent in rivers and streams which kill the environment, but don't worry about that because you'll have money in your pocket. Well, I, I don't think, you know, that's a very simplistic way of looking at what he's done, by the way, Rosemary. He signed bills to say that you're now allowed to dump effluent in rivers and streams. Yeah, but a lot of these, you have to look at a lot of these towns and villages across America. We're dying. Uh, we're absolutely. dying, absolutely, yeah. because industry was dying. So he had yeah. to do, uh, they voted for him to do something about that. He went around to a lot of these places in Detroit and all these other places, with the car manufacturers, and he said, I'm going to sort this problem out. And, yeah, and he did. One problem, ultimately, they're going to have a, a much bigger problem. But in the short term, I do understand why people voted for him. I do understand that they want to change. They didn't want somebody who was black. They didn't want somebody who was a woman. They didn't want somebody who was establishment. So I completely... Well, I, I don't know whether it, whether it was the fact that they were black or a woman really mattered. They just wanted somebody who they believed was actually going to do what they believed, what they wanted them to do. Coming out saying that they, did. I mean, they were the ones doing the interviews. But what I find bizarre about it is, you talk, I, when I've listened to some of the protesters today talking about Donald Trump is racist and anti-immigration, sure, America is surviving on immigration. Sure, there's, there's no such thing as an American, technically speaking, apart no. from the, the Native Americans. Um, his policies, by the way, have, uh, in 52 years, they have the highest level of employment for minorities in America, including blacks, Hispanics, Asians. Uh, the unemployment rates are at the lowest they've ever been in 52 years. And So how could you say he's racist? I just don't get why people think he's... Sorry, John, are you still there? No, no, can I get yes, I'm still here. Yeah, I mean, this, I I, this idea that, that Donald Trump is a racist and he's anti-immigration. Sure, America is made of immigrants. Exactly so. That's why well, I'm making the point that uh, uh, America was built through immigration and immigration was good for America. So how is he anti-immigration? What Donald, what Donald, what, yes, that's American history. What Donald Trump does, which many such extreme right-wing politicians do is they play on people's fears about immigration to get support. But are they not genuine fears, John? That's what he has done. But but hang on, hang on, hang on. I I, I agree with you, right, that sometimes people do, you know, there is a bit of, I suppose, fear-mongering going on. But the fears that he is playing on, are they not genuine fears? Because America is built on immigration. And then say, but then the fear that then say that him... Playing on fears about immigration is is okay. You just seem to no. Can I can I get in there, please? Yeah, sorry, Joseph. Go ahead. You want to say something, Joseph? Yeah. Look, uh, the reality is, you see, we're we're dealing here with a big, huge knotted ball of lies that have been spread by the mainstream media in the first year of his presidency, and the lies have just been added to and added to. I mean, they just all they have now because you 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 pressed him on there on the sexual stuff, which is a total lie, right? 
And he couldn't answer because it's a lie. It's also a lie that he's a racist because he was the first businessman in America to open up the golf clubs to the blacks. The black rappers were all about him until he went for an election and then they were told by the CNN, oh no, he's a racist, so we're going with that agenda. So we look, we know all of this is just tangled up lies well, well, he did, lies. Okay, well he, well, he did get a huge black vote uh, during <laughs> yes, the election campaign. Uh, Robbie is on the line and he's live in Dunbeg Village. Robbie, go ahead. Thank you so much for that, Niall. Yes, I'm here in the wide Atlantic break with the owner, Rita McInerney. She said that you are her late-night guilty pleasure, but get this, she is now running for a Fianna Fáil candidate uh, in the general election. Oh, is she? Oh, well, well, if I'm her guilty pleasure, she can be mine. I'm, I, I, and she can come on the air and tell us when she's running. Well, listen to me, she was all over the media last night, so it's a pleasure to get her on air with you today in our live and classic hits. Rita, first of all, um, you don't agree with Trump's policies, am I correct? No, I mean, on a personal level, you know, as people say, he is a misogynist. He's, his record with women is, isn't very good, uh, to put it mildly. And his policies, like, you know, we have huge concern in relation to Brexit. I mean, we have a huge farming community here. We've, we have a lot of trade links with the U.S. Um, and the U.K. So Brexit is a huge concern. It's not the way we want to go. Uh, climate change, we've just passed a climate action plan. And um, we have huge concerns in relation to the climate. And also, I suppose, immigration, because... You know, Ireland has a huge history of travelling to the US and, you know, the Irish in America. Any Irish leader has to um, bat for the, um, for the Irish in America at any opportunity they can. But we can separate the Trump organisation from, from President Trump. Trump organisation have been very good to Dunbeg. They're the fourth owners. This is a project that the community initiated back in the 90s. To grant uh, Trushan development from Europe to purchase the land from the local landowners. We set about then getting someone to develop it. Um, and then it was eventually really developed by, by Kiowa and, and uh, created by um, the Great White Shark, um, uh, uh, Greg Norman, the design of the course. And then Kiowa developed the, the, the hotel side of things. And then those guys fell out. So it was put back on the market as a distressed asset and it was flipped and then Trump bought it in 2009. Yes, so from a local level, I know the people of Dunbeg from a local level support Donald Trump because he supports the local no, no. economy. No, no, we support the Trump organisation. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Well, when I've been listening to people, I've been talking to people from Dunbeg today and they all seem to support him. They don't seem to care about the other issues because for them, I I suppose... As a politician, I do. I know you do. I know you do as a politician. In relation to his other policies, he's been accused of quite a lot. I'm conscious of only a minute left, Rita, but he's been accused of quite a lot, including being racist in a country which is, by the way, full of immigrants. He's also been accused of being, um, I suppose, anti-women because of his comments during his campaign Mm -hmm. trail. Although there is no criminal convictions for sexual molestation, even though people accuse him of it. Uh, I mean, what would you expect of a president? You know, he protects what the Americans believe is protecting the state by being careful with immigration policy. I mean, he's a very different president. He's a president for America and America first is what he believed in. And we're used to... But isn't that not a good idea? Is that a good thing? I can understand it because the Rust Belt and people in in middle America that have been left behind by the globalization of America uh, feel hurt. And he was, he's their president. And I can understand their issue. But we do live in a global economy. And as a very small country, we have to look at the global stage. So he is, I can see... I I agree with you, we live in a global economy, but we also have to protect our own country. You know, first and foremost... Our own country is what's important to us. Sure, exactly. And that, that's, I suppose, us as a rural community who are neglected and forgotten about. We want, in the same regard, we want to hold on to the project that we have mm. uh, had to initiate and we work with on a regular basis. So we're, do, we're doing that in terms of supporting 
our own. All right, well, listen, Rita, I know you're from Wild Atlantic Break as well. Listen, thank you very much indeed for coming on the air today. Thank you to Robbie, our reporter. It's great to talk to you too, Rita. And uh, thanks, Robbie, our reporter who's in Dunbeg today. Robbie, you behave yourself later on. No going into pubs now for pints with Donald Trump, all right? Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.